Hello and welcome to the smallest poker game in town. We're the podcast that talks about the smallest no-limit Texas Hold'em game in London. I'm joined by Valerio. Hi. Hello to everyone. So, Ray, we got a challenge we to talk about yeah, today. We certainly have. We have, and this is breaking news on the podcast, we have decided to go and take the smallest game in town to Las Vegas. To Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking about it for a while, in truth. Uh, I I have played poker in Vegas, but not for oh, it's 12 years ago, the last time I went. And Valerio, you, you've never played in Vegas? Yeah, I've never been uh, in Vegas, in the States, never been American. Oh, wow. I've been always in Europe most of the time. Okay. Well, hopefully they'll let you in. <laughs> uh, we, do we need the visa stuff or...? Well, yeah, they have a sort of visa waiver thing going on, which we can uh, sort out. I'm, okay. I'm sure they'll let you in. But, they they uh, don't have a wall, no? Just, <laughs> no. no. Okay. But the point is, we're going there to play poker in the casinos. And although I've played poker in a casino before, would that be a first for you, playing poker in a casino? Yes. Poker and other thing. I've been in a casino just to watch before but mm. never played. So for me, it's the first time. So we were comparing what we might face with our little game where we play for a £10 buy-in. And we thought, if we're going to go, we need to prepare. And I guess, you know, there are several things that we want to prepare for. But one is, I know I want to feel comfortable playing in a, a bigger game than I play on a Friday night and to try and perform as well as I can at that game. What about you? Yes, me too. But I, I also, see, when I play online cash game and I play also small sticks than we play usually on Friday night, the smallest game in town, our game, are more difficult, smaller stakes. I think it's easier because we know each other. It's more predictable. So uh, our game is not really a, a good preparation for, for Las Vegas because we are going to meet people that we don't know at all. Then we need to understand how they are playing very quickly. They don't have a history of the, of the players there. I think you're right. I think our game is quite cosy. It's sort of very comfortable and we know how people play and the stakes are very manageable. But I think when you go and sit down at a casino table, you'll meet people who something you may not even like very much, but they're at your table and you can't, unless you want to get up and leave the table, if you want to play there, you need to manage that. So I think there's quite a, a big difference. And I think simply playing on a Friday night in our game is not very good preparation for going to Vegas. It looks more like a $2 game online, our game. Uh, when I play online, $2, it looks the same kind of skills, uh, difficulties. If you go a little bit up on stakes online, then uh, I think a $5, a $10, a $10 online is much more, it's much harder than a ten, our 
10 pounds buying uh, the smallest game in town. So there is a lot of preparation to go to Las Vegas. Uh, I know that I need to work hard to get to get the prepared because uh, I want to have fun. It's just mm. to get a holiday. And I, when I sit at the table, I want to sit uh, comfortably. And so we need a lot of preparation. Yeah, I think we should say that our intention is to play at the $1, $2, no limit cash game tables. Yeah. Uh, and maybe play some tournaments as well. But all these things are pretty different to playing in a home game. So today's podcast, we're just going to discuss some of the elements of our preparation and particularly what our goals are. And I think, you know, obviously we're going for a week to have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no point in doing it unless you're going to have fun. There are things that are important to make that happen one of them i have to raise the the you know, the the, uh, the issue of money it's going to be quite expensive you yeah. know flights and hotels and uh, and then gambling <laughs> yeah uh, i think you have to think about if you play you need to have a, at least a little bankroll you're ready to lose without go bankrupt you know you feel like comfortable if i lose it okay that's fine it just have to be ready it's hard probably to lose it uh, if you got like for me it's the idea is to have a 10 uh, buying or then when i lose 10 buy-ins for me and do other things in las vegas it means okay that's it. Then I feel comfortable to, because the buy-in is going to be two hundred pounds. You know, one two two hundred dollars. It's two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's two hundred dollars. Then at least a two thousand dollars. You need a, a bankroll of two thousand dollars for five days. Yeah, uh, it's you. You're not expecting to lose in one day all of that. It means that you're really playing poorly or. Really, 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 you are really, really unlucky. It can happen. You have to be ready for that, to be comfortable to play correctly. If it's happened, okay, you have to feel comfortable uh, on losing that money. Yeah, I think working on the basis of buy-ins is important, I think. If if we're saying in our game we have a £10 buy-in, so if you lost two buy-ins, it would mean losing £20. And, and that doesn't happen very often for a player to do that in the course of our th- three hours, roughly, that we play. If you're playing in Vegas and you say to yourself, I'm probably going to play five days, and if I lose two buy-ins of $200 each, I'll stop in a day. I think to go through that day in, day out is extremely unlikely. Yeah. Not saying it can't happen, yeah. but it's unlikely. And you probably would change something after a couple of days of, say, losing $400 the first day, $400 the next day, your thir- the third day you might take the third day off and go to the Grand Canyon or something like that yeah. and have a rest. Or you might play a tournament. And I think tournaments are a, a part of playing in Vegas, playing a live tournament, and it's a different experience. You pay your money up front and you pretty much kiss it goodbye <laughs> But then you're in the middle of something very different to playing in a cash game. And it can occupy quite a long time as well. So I guess 
you're not so exposed as you are in a cash game where you know you're, you're, any, everything in front of you is at risk. Mm-hmm. When you've bought your entry into a tournament, pretty much, unless there's rebuys and so on, you can enjoy the experience. Yeah. So that's why it's important to, uh, to have stop limits in this, a daily stop limits and all holiday stop limits as well. A daily, I think it's good to have a, like a three buy-in, I say stop limit for the day. It means $600 dollars, uh, a day. And for me, it's $2,000 for mm. all the days. For you, it's going to be different. It just everyone yeah. is going to be different how comfortable they feel uh, to lose without too much damage. Yeah, know. I think for me, I would, I might well have a slightly higher budget, but then I might think about p- playing a, you know, a hundred or a two hundred dollar tournament if I'm doing well. I think that's the other thing. If you're if you're going along really well, you're having a little bit of profit. Why wouldn't you take a shot at a, to a tournament? A, a, to, yeah. a, a tournament which gives you a chance to win a few thousand or yeah. something like that. You know, so I, I kind of will see how that goes, really. But I, or also, you just can't ignore the fact that Vegas has got lots of other things other than poker to enjoy. I mean, you know, I've done quite a few of those, but there is sightseeing, there's trips out, there's helicopter rides and things like that, plus shows, endless shows that you can go to. So, and I know you're probably going to sample some of the uh, the nightlife and take part yourself. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to use also the days in the evening to go open mics and perform myself because I'm doing this in London. Then uh, I play guitar, I sing, and doing comedy. Then uh, it would be a good chance to perform uh, in, in a new environment then to see different things. And a lot of friends of mine have been performing in the States and they've been happy to perform in New York, other parts of America. And then... It's a good experience, and probably we are going to film this. Then it's going to be yeah. like uh, it's not going to. Are we going there? And that's it. Uh, I like to post on it. It's an adventure. Uh, it's nice to post. Uh, something yeah, like this. I hope we can, you know, do some vlogging out there and at least record ourselves having fun and going around. And I, and I think the other great thing about going, and at the moment we might have several of us going to, to, to might not, it'll be Valerio and myself. We may have a few others. We don't know yet. But I think when you're in a group like that, you can enjoy everyone's success. You can commiserate when they have a bad beat and things like that, but you can keep everybody going. And I think that's a big plus. I remember once I went on my own to Vegas and the first half of the trip I I was losing and I was just on my own. It was a pretty miserable experience, but I picked up a little bit. I met some friends and then came back and started winning again. So I think that's the social part of it, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think a sense of camaraderie is important. Just we support each other. Yeah. If we see one of us doing too much, oh, come on, you say three, three big blinds, that is the fourth you're losing, you say stop. I think the sense of camaraderie is important, but I also think, you know, if, you, if we saw one of our group maybe lose three buy-ins, 
you know, it's a tap on the shoulder to say, come on, let's go and get a drink or go and have dinner and just stop people from spiralling out of control. I don't think it's going to happen because we're pretty disciplined. But what do you think? Uh, Yeah, I think we have quite this, uh, we got discipline in this. I think it cannot happen to you. It's not going to happen to me. It just, that's, I think in any things it's not only important in any business in anything you need to understand when to give up let's say you, you if you push through too much you risk to lose too much then is the, the knowing when setting rules when mm. to to leave any 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 activity that you are in you get involved is very important and yeah and when I, if the money is involved you have to be always very careful mm. because it can be addictive and then you start pushing too much and it's easy you you start with the buy three buy-in and then after you can never without realizing 10 buy-in in a day that is no is not possible you just you cannot have it. it means that you you finish all your in one day all all your bankroll is no is no is no right so coming back to sort of the preparation process, we're looking at probably going next year in around May time. So we have quite a long time to prepare for it. Uh, and we're going to try and plan out a sort of a schedule of preparation, uh, which we'll be updating people on in the podcast. But one of those things will obviously be building up a bankroll. Do you want to mm. say a bit about how you're going to build a bankroll up? So I'm going to use the bankroll that I have with the smallest game in town that is very small. Then I'm be- building my bankroll also online and play online. And then I'm going to put extra cash as well. And that's it. That's it. It's going to be something that I'm really, I feel that I can lose. Then if it's going to be, probably it's going to be around $2,000, and that's it. But if I got more, my bankroll is bigger, that's fine. But I'm quite sure that $2,000 is going to be okay. Then I, I, my, the idea to have a bankroll is very important. Yeah, to, but that's a, that's a bankroll over and above, the, obviously, the cost of going there and eating out and things yeah, yeah. like that. So we make sure we can eat and sleep. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All this is, but anyway, when you go to holiday, in a holiday, you have to pay for accommodation, you have to pay for food, you have to pay for traveling, uh, transport, all this is your holiday. You, you're going there because it's a holiday. Yeah. So on top of that, then you have your bankroll yeah. and that ticks off one of the boxes about being comfortable. If I lose it, I lose it. And yeah. that's that's fine. I'm absolutely, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm happy about it, but I'm comfortable yeah. knowing that this is money I can afford to lose. Yeah. I've built it up specifically for this holiday and I'm going to make sure I use it and enjoy it. And whatever happens will that will be the result of, yeah. of, of the cards, basically. What about then being comfortable, not just with your bankroll, but at the table and being, 
used to playing in a strange game in a in a strange country i mean what i i think I, i'm going to be fine because i'm used to perform on stage than comedy and i think this can help me because it's like a stage you are on stage in a poker game maybe it's more scaring to be on stage doing comedy i think <laughs> than stay at a table and play because you don't have pressure you're just doing your stuff normally But of course, I don't know, because I never play like a, a, a buy-in or $200. <laughs> and I don't know, when we start like a, in our game, the blinds are two, one, uh, how much is one blind, the blinds? Well, the blinds is, are is zero one, no? five pence and ten pence, yeah. the blinds are, so they're very small. Yeah. In this case, it's one, two dollars. Then after, when you start betting, it's six dollars, three big blinds, six dollars. And then if you, someone is racing to your bet, it's to be about thirty dollars. Uh, it's just three big, it's three buy-in uh, in our game, you know, uh, the smallest game in town just for one bet. Then uh, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be... That's why we need preparation because mm. I'm not sure now. Right now, probably not. I'm not uh, already to think about. How? It. Yeah, I was thinking about this uh, and whether if you take the small home game we have and how it's not terribly good preparation for our trip to. It's not preparation at all. I, I was wondering whether we should try straddles in our game to make the stakes a bit higher. Uh, do you think that's a good idea? But probably then we need to raise the limits, uh, the, the buy-in maybe. Well, But I don't think everybody's going to be happy. Then we, maybe the straddle can be a good idea. Just because if it was just us straddling, yeah. then we know that theoretically straddling is puts you at a disadvantage because you're you're making a, a, you know, another blind bet, aren't you? But I was thinking if we were doing bets, blind bets on the button, using button straddles. I don't know if everyone knows what is a straddle. Oh, okay. Can you explain it? Okay, so a straddle is where one of the players uh, uh, decides to bet over, over and above. They have their small blind and big blind, but players in other positions can make an extra bet. Typically, that you have uh, a, the, the, the blind after the big blind, the butt of a straddle after the, the big blind, and it's double the big blind. So it would be four, four chips in our case. We have one chip in the small, two in the big, and the, the straddle under the gun, if you like, puts in four. And then the action starts from that, after that player, and comes back round to them. So the advantage for the straddle is that he's got to, he's got to have a position. At the end. I'm betting first, but I'm going to have a position. I can decide after. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the problem for the straddler is that they have to do it before they see their cards. Yeah. So I think a better version is to have a straddle where the dealer, the button, puts in the, the, the straddle. And then you change it The order of play starts with the small blind, then the big blind, and then all the way round to the button who acts last and will act last in every round of betting after that. I think that's a better idea. See, to go, I think straddling 
from the bottom is a good stuff because you go to a position all rounds. Then you start yeah. to position just also in the pre-flop and then yeah. you have got position all at the ends. And we could just do it, not that, it, you know, in some cases the rules, you know, you, uh, the table might agree that everybody straddles from the button. But if you think about that, if you make it four chips uh, on the button, you've suddenly changed the game from being a hundred big blind to a, a 50 big blind stack by changing that. I just wondered whether we could just introduce it on a purely voluntary basis. And you and I might do it simply. Yeah, to... but the strategy is going to be different. We are not going to be prepared for Las Vegas just straddling because we are going to find another kind of game. It just No, that's true. Although you will see straddles in operation in Vegas, particularly when you get into uh, the evening games, you're... You know, in the early hours of the morning when people have had a few drinks, you'll see people straddle, not one straddle. It might go one chip, two chip, four, eight, 16. Before you'll know it, you're playing in a game where you only have about 10 big blinds in front of you. So practically everybody <laughs> gambling because everybody go all in yeah. pre-flop. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much like that, you know. So we'll find out. <laughs> Probably we are going to change table if it's like this because we, you don't want to gamble. You just, well, uh, that's the thing also, is that you're not constrained to simply playing in one poker room yeah. or at one table if you don't like the game. And I've, I've yeah. done it many times in the past where if I, for one reason or another, I, I don't like the game, I just get up and leave. I might only sit and play a few hands and then think, no, I'm going to go. Yeah, we've got all day there. You got one week to stay, yeah. and then uh, why? Sometimes you you just stick at the table for what, what kind of reason? Maybe sometimes it's personal because there is something, someone pushing you, and we want to punish him. But don't do this. You 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 play the uh, the table, not the single player. Then. Uh, you have to stop thinking about winning uh, yeah. one player and take personal with one player. Say you're going to lose. Just play the court. No? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, we want to get comfortable in our game. We may even venture into one of the casinos in London and play in the one pound, two pound games in London. But I mean, it's that to be too early, no? Because you start to. Prepare to Las Vegas, but you need a bankroll also for yeah, the preparation. But the point is, we live in London. We can just go for an evening, play. Okay, and then but if you lose that two hundred, comes out then, your bankroll, <laughs> and then you are not going to you are not going to Las Vegas anymore because you, your bankroll is yeah. gone. That's then true. there is a risk also that we start playing here. And then we we we, are, we don't have money left to go to Las Vegas. I yeah. don't want this. No, I know, but I I just so if I have to practice, I prefer going straight to Las Vegas. At least is a is holiday. I do other things uh, different, but starting here, uh, it's not just one game because you want to practice. You need to, yeah, to practice that, a lot. I you you practice right. one, uh, then you need a bankroll to practice to go to Las Vegas. Yeah. And then. Uh, so by way of a sort of trailer for the next episode that we will do, why don't we just run through some of the things we've discussed about elements of our preparation that we're going to try and achieve in the time we have? Yeah, so I think 
probably we have been discussing one of the main things if we go to Las Vegas is we you don't want to play every hand you want to have a selection of hands you're playing you don't want to even be too tight playing only aces and king because everybody's going to know it is boring you go to Las Vegas just to play ace king it means that you probably in one session you are not going to play at all so probably we are going to play a tight it's tight because we are not going to play all hands, but it's not very tight, like a 30, 25% of hands. That is quite loose as well, but it's not going to be 70% of hands. I checked with because we changed a little bit uh, the hands range uh, last week. We were talking about this, and I checked my percentage now in online games. It was like 80 per 18%, 15% before, and now it's 25% mm. with the new structure. That is quite good because he's an aggressive player, then it's 25%. It's quite uh, with aggression as well, that is uh, 18%, and 25, 18%. It's quite aggressive and no hyper aggressive. Then I think uh, if we keep like 25, 18, is good for Las Vegas because we are going to play a lot of hands as well. Eh? One out of four. Yeah. But also percent. we're going to play more in position yeah. than in early position. So yeah. when we're on the button or in the position just before that, the yeah, cutoff, yeah. we're going to be... 35% of hands yeah. in the button, uh, probably 15% uh, early positions. Uh, but from the cutoff and bottom we are going to play more hands but with the more equities then yeah. we are not going to we are going probably to throw away connectors but no suited connectors we are going to price suitiness connectors and high cards and, and, and pairs it. basically and pairs, but we're going to go into thing. more detail yeah. in, with that but i think knowing your ranges and being comfortable with the ranges for raising first in and three betting and calling raises is very important the other thing we're going to look at is tournament play and strategies for tournaments and trying to get the best out of our tournaments if we play tournaments in vegas and the other thing which we've found very useful already is there's so much material online videos where you can pause the video see the guy playing in a in a game like a one two dollar game and talk about what we would do in that situation and then see what happens. And so I think those are the elements. We, we've got books and other reference material, but I think nailing down ranges, figuring out how best to play tournaments, and then using all the resources of you know the internet, if you like, in terms of quizzes and videos to give ourselves the best chance when we go there. So we are going to uh, we are going to have a lot of podcasts about uh, our preparation for Las Vegas. Not all of them. Sometimes we we are going to have uh, other podcasts because this Las Vegas is going to be next year. Then it's going to take a little bit time preparation, but it's good to update everyone. Yeah. Well, what, what we'll do, I think, is when we get to topics we're talking about, we'll probably try and relate them back to our preparation as yeah. to how we might, uh, you know, utilize that information, that discussion. To go to Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's all.